those early years of the European conflict, vague rumors of atrocities had begun. But who could believe, could possibly believe, in the safety of our homes that soon there would be ashes of men, women, and children sifting out of the crematorium? And so I and Norma Shearer, the premier actress of the time at MGM Studios, the two of us did not hate. Every Man's Theater, written and created by Arch Obler. Oxidol presents Miss Norma Shearer in a thrilling love story, The Women Stayed at Home, with a special symphonic accompaniment of Wagner's deathless love music, Tristan and Isolde. And here is our writer-creator, Arch Obler, who will introduce tonight's play. The sea, a windswept coast. It is night. For once the sea is calm. It waits ominously upon the edge of shore where sits a woman and an old man. For a long time they sat quietly. And now the woman speaks to the old man, and her words lift out to the sea on the rush of the wind. Lonely? Yes, I was lonely. And I did what I did because I was lonely. I can tell you. This is a quiet place. My father built here because he and mother had each other. And they wanted the lonesomeness. The village over there and we away from all the rest. My father wanted it that way. When I was very young, it was all right. I could run with the other children. It was all right. But when I grew older, it was lonely. The sea, the wind, the gulls flying. Is that enough for a girl? Yes. I was very lonely. Father died at sea. A storm. His boat. Then mother. For the first time, I really was alone. People who have nothing remember the little things they've had, don't they? I remember things so clearly. The way the clouds were one day when the sun went down. A boat that stood out on the horizon and then in a second went under. The way so many of us know. Why talk of that? I'll tell you of, of John. He came to the village a month after Mother died. He had a pack on his back and a smile that lifted the heart. I met him right where we sit. Hello, girl. Oh, oh I'm sorry if I startled you. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> yes, I know. My mother used to say it of me, too. I had to walk like a cat on tiptoe. Ah, it's a pleasant day. Yes, isn't it? Where are you from? That house. Oh. <laughs> it's a strange, lonely place to build a house, isn't it? Yes. May I tell you my name? It's John Clark. How do you do? Would you tell me yours? Celia Harris. Celia? There's a name. 
Yes, from a boat. What? Oh, oh, beg your pardon. It's your name, isn't it? I've no right to use it. You said a boat? Yes. Yes, my boat. I- I'm going to make a living at fishing. That's why I came here. And I've got a new boat. Well, uh, not exactly new. And I- I've been beating out the inside of my head, trying to think of a lucky name for it. Celia. Ah, it's a lovely name. Do you mind if I tell you that? Do you mind? I didn't mind. I didn't mind anything he told me. The village was so happy the day we married. It's good to remember. See you. Yes, darling. Now's the chance. What? To get away from me. Oh, but John. Quiet. Just as easy as the ghost around the corner. Now, come on, run. Oh, he'll never forgive us. <laughs> come on, now. It's the, it's the dancing and the drinking that they're after. Now, come on. Oh, I can't. I can't. Yes, oh, you can, Seal. Come on, now. Oh, no, John, no. What? I can't. Not another step. Oh, beating so. My heart. Uh, my heart. John. Oh, I want you. I'm yours. Always mine. Always mine. Always mine. He said that. Always mine. Tell me, how long is always? Is always the moment he held me? And his lips were tight on mine, and his arms held me, and he... No. Why should I ask? I really know. Always with him was that night. Because the next night... Goodbye, darling. I'll be thinking about you. I'll bring a good catch on for you. I'll be in a fortnight, darling. He said that to me. But in a fortnight, he was... Dead. I think it. I can't say it. It's been so long, and yet... I can only think it. Dead. Do you know what that means? We have come here to say the last words for the soul of the one whom the sea has taken to the Lord. Goodbye, John Clark. The Lord in his wisdom has buried you in the boundless grave of the ocean. We bow our heads and we weep our tears. We have the memory of you. Widow Clark. I ran from the village, back up the long path to my house, and all the way it was tearing. I was alone again, alone again. But a new loneliness, a horrible loneliness. You've had nothing, all right, you know nothing. But I'd known something now. His look, his laugh, his lips, his arms, the crutch of his arms. <laughs> I was alone.
alone again. A day and a night. A day and a night. One after the other. An empty day after an empty night. That's what was ahead of me. And that's what I had. An empty day and an empty night. An empty day and an empty night. Over and over and over. And there was no end. There could be no end until there was an end of me. No end to it. Until there was an end of me. And then... I heard it from Defar down the village. I couldn't quite understand. One of the men waving his arms at me and shouting. Everybody had said, but wait, if war had come, there'd be, there'd be something for me to do. Yes, fill the emptiness in me with something to do. Yes. I'm sorry, Widow Clark, but there's nothing for you to do. Everything's being taken care of in the proper manner. Sorry, Widow Clark, there's nothing for you to do. Nothing for me to do. Nothing for me. But nothing for me. War means something to those who have something to live for, to fight for. But when you have nothing... Empty days after empty nights. Over again, over again... And again I began to think. No end to it until there is an end to me. Why not? Walk into the sea. Let the sea fill my emptiness. Cover my loneliness. Why not? Why not? I left the house and walked toward the sea. The sand crushed beneath my feet the way it did that night. That night he ran with me. The water was dark. I was at the edge and into it. Deeper and deeper into it. Cold against me. Cold as the days and nights. But this coldness would end. And with that ending put a finish to the aching. And then... Something touched me. I looked down. White in the water. A hand. John... That's all echoing in my head, and then, no, no. A stranger. Someone. I dragged him out of the water to the beach. A stranger drowned in the sea. Dead, yes. But no. My ear against the wet of him. His heart, yes. The beat of it. Faint, but the beat of it. Dragged him, carried him to the house. Warmed him. Hour after hour, and slowly the beast lifted with the blood in him. Stronger and stronger. Morning. He opened his eyes. In the first light of the sun, I saw they were blue. As blue as John's had been. Martha. His first words, what? Martha. Who? I ran to where I'd thrown the clothes, the buttons, words on them. He was... He was... The enemy. 
Henry. I knew what I had to do. Go down to the village. Say, listen, everybody. A man from an enemy boat. Caught him. Come and get him. An enemy. Come and get him. I went back to where he lay. He was sleeping now. Sleeping. I looked at him. Something twisted in my heart. He slept the way John slept that night. Head in the crook of his arm. Sandy hair curling down on her forehead, smooth and brown. He slept that night. Listen, everybody! An enemy! Yes, I must tell them. I must. He slept. Woke for a few hours and slept again. Let him sleep, I told myself. Should be trying to tell them tomorrow. But I didn't tell him tomorrow. He was sick. I had to make him well. Then I would tell them. How many days went? I don't remember. All I remember is moments. Bart. What did you say? Bart. <laughs> no, no. That's a bird. 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 That's very good. Pretty bird. Pretty girl. Pretty girl. So I began to teach him how to speak my language. I, you, me. Why not? I wanted him to speak the way I did. Say my. In the prison camp, it would help him to know our language. So I taught him. Sleep. I am Carl. I am Carl. I am Carl. Good. Good. (laughs) Now try something else. Uh, I am Carl. Uh, you are... You are... Celia. Uh, Say, how do you do, Celia? Uh, how are you do, Celia? <laughs> no, no. How do you do? Uh, how do you do, Celia? I am Carl. I am Soon he was well enough to be up and about. I gave him a suit of John's to wear. He would sit in the window, looking out at the sea, and I would work. And listen to him. It was good. It was good to know that someone was there. Suddenly, I realized something. I wasn't lonely anymore. Not lonely. Can you understand what that means? To have nothing and then... Then to have something. Someone to talk to. To listen to. <laughs> to laugh with to. But I had to tell them I had to. Had to? And then I began to ask myself why. What did I to do with war? What did I to do with enemies? Sorry, Widow Clark. There's nothing for you to do. Everything's been taken care of in the proper manner. Sorry, Widow Clark. There's nothing for you to do. Celia, you are very good to me. He was no enemy to me. Just Carl. And his eyes were blue. And his face was gentle. And when he smiled, his lips... No. How could I tell him? And then... It happened. 
Senior. Who who is there? I don't know. No one ever comes up here. They must answer. Hide. No trouble. The police. They'll take. Hide. I you quickly. Well, well, well. I begun to wonder if you were home. Oh, Mister Stanford, what what do you want? Want? Now there's a question. Climb all the way down that infernal path and you look at me as if I brought you bad news. Well, I don't, and that's a fact. Well? I'll tell you plain enough. A chance to do your duty. Yes. And I'm the one who's fixed it for you. What? What? Have you no other word but what? Your duty in this war, of course. The district teacher's off to join his regiment. You come down to the district schoolhouse three times a week and teach the children. A chance to do your duty, Widow Clark, for God and country. For God and country, teach the children, come down to the schoolhouse, leave him. I will be all right, Celia. Go. I will be all right. So I went down to the village again and heard of many things down in the village. They're coming on me. They're coming the light bulb. They're coming the light bulb. They're coming the light bulb. They're Drowning and bombing and killing. They, they, they. The enemy. All day long. All I heard. The enemy. I climbed the path. Back to the house at sundown. He was waiting. Celia, I'm very happy to see you. I said nothing. What could I say? We ate. It grew dark. He didn't speak again. Just looked at me. And then, suddenly, it was as if he were gone. As if I had told him, and he'd been taken away. I was alone again. Alone again, and, and lonely. No one near me. No one to talk to. The emptiness of the days again. Oh, no. I couldn't go back to that again. I couldn't. The next day, down to the village again. I wouldn't listen this time, I told myself. But in the schoolhouse... My brother and me on the boat they torpedoed yesterday. Killed my only brother's man. Say again. Say again. Say again. They're rolling our men. They're killing our soldiers. They're killing our fathers. Rolling our men. Rolling our men. Say. Say. No, no. I ran. Away from them. They, they. No, they. He was only one. Only one. And he was in my house. And he was in my heart. All right, I said it. In my heart. He spoke to me that night. Celia. Celia, I I want to say something to you, please. Yes, Carl. You you are not happy. No. It is me. I know I, I'm Carl, please. If, if I could speak well enough to tell you what? That all these days I've been with you, I've been thinking and 
that I have been learning that what you and your people uh, think is right. And because it is right, it will live. I know that now. And so the, the hate is not ours, not yours, not mine. Oh, Carl. Not, not yours, not mine. I love you, Carl. I love you, Carl. So I said it. And his arms came close around me. And there was no earth or sky or death. After that, days that stood still in wonder, and then in rush were gone. Warm days, lazy days, wonderful days. Days when the sky reached down and lifted us up to the clouds, and we, oh, calm, calm. And then a new day, a morning. Sun awakened me, stretched out my hand. Carl? No. Carl? Carl, where are you? Carl, where are you? Carl! Gone! Gone. I cried. Not very long. You see, I understood. Always in our days together. Within a cloud. And with each passing day, that cloud would have grown larger and larger until there was no warmth of sun for us. The cloud of fear. Fear that someone of the village would see us. See him and seeing him end my will for me. And he knew that. And so he went away. Where? I don't know. I like to think he took a boat during the night and sailed out to sea in it. Back to where he came from. Back to his small village by the cliff. I like to think that. I know someday the fighting will be over. It must end. He said it. And so the hate is not ours, not yours, not mine. It will end. He'll come back to me. And I'll never be lonely anymore.
This is Arch Obler. Tonight it has been a great privilege to bring you Norma Shear in my play, The Women Stayed at Home. All of us here, and I know you out there, are grateful to Miss Shear for her stirring performance. With Miss Shear were Hans Conried and Howard Duff. The special arrangement of Wagner's Tristan Misoli was arranged and conducted by Gordon Jenkins. Uh-huh.